happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. As important as choosing the right destination when traveling is choosing the right travel partner. Gene! Gene Fodor! Gene was good! But be careful, because the worst trips result when two partners have two different agendas. The CIA really need your help, Gene. Freeze, Americano! Gene, run! Listen to Fodor's Guide to Espionage on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Welcome to BrainStuff, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, BrainStuff, Lauren Vogelbaum here. History's most successful and feared pirate fleets shared some key attributes. They were well-oiled operations that enforced strict rules, despite the lawlessness of their profession. Crucially, a lot of them were helmed by intelligent leaders who played politics, exercised diplomacy as needed, and earned the respect of their peers. One exceptionally skilled fleet commander terrorized the South China Sea in the early 19th century. At the height of her power, she directed a vast coalition of several thousand pirates, the largest pirate crew ever assembled. Then, having made history in spectacular fashion, she retired from piracy and lived to a ripe old age. So who was this seafaring outlaw? Well, in contemporary English-language books and websites, she's often called Ching Shi, but that wasn't her real name. We spoke via email with Diane Murray, a history professor at the University of Notre Dame and authority on China's pirate past. She explained that the name Ching Shi was the invention of an author in the early 1800s who was attempting to translate a Chinese text into English. Murray said, The lady pirate in question is most commonly referred to in the official Chinese sources simply as Mrs. Cheng. Cheng's early life is poorly documented. We do know that she worked at a Cantonese brothel before she married a man by the name of Cheng Yi in the year 1801 or so. She was likely in her 20s at the time. Her husband, a notorious pirate, was the product of a changing seascape. 
From 1771 to 1802, Vietnam was embroiled in the Taishan Rebellion, a peasant-led uprising against the Lei Dynasty. Lacking a strong naval force, the rebels contracted small-time pirates to fight and loot on their behalf. In exchange, the plunderers received weapons, vessels, and, best of all, safe harbors. Such allowances created an environment where organized, large-scale piracy could flourish, even after the rebellion was put down. As of 1802, the South China Sea played host to roughly 50,000 pirates. By 1804, the Cheng husband and wife team had united five numerous fleets into one gigantic confederation made up of 70,000 men and 400 junks, which are large sailing vessels. The coalition was broken up into half a dozen semi-autonomous squadrons whose leaders were answerable to the Chengs. Each unit bore the name of a colored flag. There's a red flag fleet, a black flag fleet, and so on. One of the sailors in this mighty criminal syndicate was Cheng Po, a teenager who'd been captured by Cheng Yi. Murray said, after recognizing his potential for leadership, Cheng Yi initiated Cheng Po into the pirate ranks by means of a homosexual liaison. Soon enough, Cheng Yi put the youth in command of his own vessel and even adopted him as his own child. But it was Mrs. Cheng who held the confederation together after Cheng Yi's abrupt death in November of 1807. Taking charge of the enterprise, she implemented a new code of conduct. Under these rules, pirates and her fleets would be executed if they stole goods from a communal fund that was meant to benefit everyone or if they raped a captive woman. The rules were co-authored by Cheng Po, who'd assumed a powerful new role within the outfit. Murray said, Mrs. Cheng realized that she needed a lieutenant to help her command the 300 junks and 20 to 40,000 men of what had previously been her husband's red flag fleet. Cheng Po took the job, becoming Mrs. Cheng's lover and later her second spouse. For years, Mrs. Cheng maintained good relationships with the leaders of every fleet in the coalition. She ran a tight ship, uh, and oversaw everything from monetary transactions to religious ceremonies. On her watch, the Pirate Alliance expanded even further. Of the 270 government-owned ships stationed at Tianpai, 266 fell under her control. By demanding regular patronage from sailing merchants, Mrs. Cheng's sailors profited off of Canton's lucrative salt trade. As a matter of fact, the outlaws extracted so much revenue across their domain that Mrs. Cheng found it necessary to establish a network of land-based financial offices. Her strategic mind was well-suited to warfare. Mrs. Cheng's fleets regularly embarrassed the navies of southern China. They grew notorious for kidnapping Chinese officials, blockading rivers, and routing just about anyone who opposed their will. But that was to change. In 1809, China's increasingly agitated government borrowed well-armed vessels from the British East India Company and the Portuguese Navy. At the same time, it also offered amnesty to pirates who surrendered. Murray explained the offer was tempting to the leader of the Black Flag Fleet, who then forced a confrontation with the Red Flag Fleet. While negotiating with the government, the Black Flag leader turned over the captives from that inter-squadron battle as a gesture of goodwill. Before long, other units were defecting from Mrs. Cheng's confederation. She could read the writing on the wall. Blackbeard and other career pirates who kept plundering until the bitter end usually met horrible deaths, whether on the high seas or at the gallows. Mrs. Cheng decided to go a different route. On April 8, 1810, after an earlier round of peace talks failed, she took a delegation of 17 pirate wives and children to the governor general's office in Canton. Inside, Mrs. Cheng brokered a favorable amnesty deal. 
Murray said Cheng Po was allowed to retain between 20 to 30 of his vessels for use in the salt trade and received an appointment in the Chinese water forces. Furthermore, most of the pirates who had served under her were granted pardons as well. Cheng Po passed away in 1822 at the age of 36. He was survived by his wife, who died peacefully in 1844 at the age of 69. was written by Mark Mancini and produced by Tyler Klang. BrainStuff is a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works. For more on this and lots of other adventurous topics, visit our home planet, howstuffworks.com. And for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday.